Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor, where we have a very special episode for you this week. We were going to be doing an end of season review, but Gregor has managed to catch up with assistant coach Dean Holden. Um, This is a brilliant chat and really interesting hearing Dean speak, uh, his passion for uh, the club, his passion for what he's doing, his relationship with Lee Johnson and also how he managed to get the dress code very, very wrong for an event uh, last year, which is quite funny as well. So um, have a listen. This is Dean Holden chatting with Gregor. You're, you're on the road at the moment, I guess. is uh, What's happening at the moment? Where, whereabouts are you? Well, I'm actually, yeah, I'm not set off just yet. I'm going to set off for probably an hour or so, but uh, we're on the way to the LMA Awards tonight in London, so it's the annual sort of get-together for all managers and coaches to celebrate, you know, season just gone. So it was great last year. Pep Guardiola was there. We got a chance to have a chat with him and some of the, you know, Chris Wilder in our division and some of the, you know, Santo and people like that. So it's just, it's just a way of letting your hair down early and try to enjoy the night, um, although you're a little bit, Jealous that you're not in one of the playoff games. So, yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, will you keep it? Will, will you actually watch the, uh, the the Leeds Derby game and the Villa game tonight against West Brom? I don't think we'll get a chance tonight with the, with the awards. I think it starts at six thirty, and it's one of these sort of all singing, all dancing, big old telly London meal. But you know, soon time. I nearly said black tie. Then last year, me, myself, Macca, and uh, the gaffer appeared. The black tie, thinking that's what it was, and every single person in the room was there with a normal suit on, so it looked like. <laughs> Turn apart something out of a fancy dress. So, uh, needless to say, me and Macca was the ones that got the telling off for that. We took it on the chin, but yeah, we're a bit more relaxed tonight in our uh, in our suit. I think, hopefully. Hey, it's always best to be overdressed, isn't it, than underdressed? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Dean, then about about your reaction to the end of the season, eighth place in the end, then, and how do, how do you view that? Well, as we just said there, really, it's a tough watch the playoffs because we all wanted to be still involved in that, and we you know we had a chance of being in there. Uh, the reality is we didn't quite make it in the end um, for a number of reasons, which we're still going through. We're still debriefing the season uh, as a staff every day. We're, you know, it's not something we'll probably put to bed until the start of pre-season. We'll probably still be analysing bits and bobs and going through you know, good things and things that didn't go particularly well as well. So um, ultimately, it's another season progression for the club. Obviously, it's the highest, I think, position eighth in 11 years I think someone told me so it's progressing again on last season which is important obviously we've, you know, we've blooded a number of youngsters again this season with a couple of a couple more debuts in, in John Bell and Max um, but ultimately you want to you finish as high as you can and uh, I think overall looking back it's still very raw at the moment I have to say even going into the second week I think since the whole game it's still very raw not quite getting in there because we all want to achieve and compete against the big boys but uh, as I say overall a season of progression um, they had a great 15 game on Monday, didn't we, through the winter, which was fantastic for everybody. Nine games, nine winning games on the spoon. We, you know, we never looked like being beat at that point in the season. And ultimately, just came up short in the end. But as I say, something I think everybody could be proud of behind the scenes, supporters, you know, the players themselves gave everything. And I think the fans would relate to that. And you know, it was a real feel good factor around the city now, which which is not the case at every football club. So it's certainly one that we're excited about for next season. Brother. You know, we wanted to push on and. There's no question working under someone like Lee and Mark Aston, but you, you know, you're never going to stand still. You know, there's always challenges being put in your way to try and make the club better. So that's why I enjoy working there so much. Yeah, sure. And 
I have to say, there, there are, you're right, there are so many positives this season. There was a, I saw a, a great list of stats on, on the official club website that I think... Dave... I like you to, you do like your stats, don't <laughs> Hey, well, I was going to say, I think even Dave Barton got a couple of those from my reports, he told me, so there you go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, was, was there anything in particular that really stood out for you in, in the season in terms of all those, all those positives? I mean, you just mentioned there about... Uh, sort of Max and Joe playing this season, Antoine being being involved, or or maybe was it some of the results? I mean, there were some sort of crazy records breaking results in terms of yeah the run, and also like a first win at QPR in forty odd years, that first win on New Year's Day for a hundred years, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, fish between Birmingham as well. I think and, yeah, stole keepers at this game as well. So them, I mean, from our point of view, we hit the woodwork eighteen times. That's something that stands out to me as well. Got them all fine margins. Um, you know, that's an incredible start, really, to think about, isn't it? So, we had 10 new players last summer, yeah. Got to remember that. That's something that, you know, it's not always easy to bring new players into a squad and bed them in. We obviously lost three big players last summer and there was a lot of talk around, you know, the ambition of the club and where we're going and all the rest of it. But, you know, we knew the recruitment was good. We were, we were excited about the players that we brought in. Um, Adam Webster particularly stands out for the season. He's had somebody that came in and, and maybe, you know, the signing probably at the time wouldn't have... Uh, appeared on the front pages let's just say but his performance is on and off the pitch throughout the season something we were really really excited about and uh, he became a real leader in the, in the dressing room you talk about stats but there's, there's one I found this morning which maybe wouldn't jump out all the time I think the average skate at Ashton Gate the defenders was 21,000 last year 30% of that was under 19s so that just shows you what the club's building going forward in the future, and that's not something that people always look at. You know, we're interested in results and culture of the players, but things like that behind the scenes are absolutely massive for a club like Bristol City. 30% of our support under 19-year-olds. So they've had the memory this season of some of the games you've just mentioned there. Um, and hopefully that stands in, in good step the next season in terms of the you know, the season ticket sales and all the rest of it. Because that all adds to the Google factor for the you know, players wanting to join a new club. They want to go to a new club which is ambitious. They want to go somewhere where they feel they can win progress individually they also want to go somewhere where there's a passionate support on the way and that's as I say that's something we've we've got at this club but um, I mean going on to what you just said there as well you, look at the amount of loans that we had out on loan I bet you've got the staff for that Gregor 16 <laughs> players on loan something like that last count yep yep um, two of them are going up against each other in Tyree and Johnny Smith in the playoff final and four have been promoted at Torquay Um even down as you know, Bath City, James Morton's had a fantastic season there. You know, we could go through all the players, you know, individually, perhaps if you want to talk about that, that's fine. But, um, you know, it just shows you that, again, that maybe some of them players just mentioned might not appear in the first team squad next year or even the year after. We saw that with John O'Brien and Bobby Root. They had loan after loan and it took them, a, you know, a while to get through. But it just shows you the work that, you know, Brian Tinian's doing behind the scenes to get the right loans because, again, you see, other clubs and I'm not judging anybody you see other clubs and you see players going to certain clubs and getting loans and not really playing much and you know what's the experience level of that player at that particular time we've got players that have gone to clubs been left out of the squad at times as Tyreek and Johnson just said there that's an experience for a young player you've got to be able to come through that mentally to then push on for your career so they do at other clubs which is great for us because when they come back to us they're, you know, they're going to be bedded in with the, with the senior players and then it's up to them to prove themselves but um, lots of things as you say, that we can be proud of. Ultimately, we're absolutely gutted we didn't quite get in there in the end, but you have to see, you know, in a reflective mood, you have to see the positives and there are absolutely loads of them. There's no question about that. 
Absolutely, and um, as you sort of alluded to there, Brian Tinian does a great job, doesn't he, with the loans and everything. Just wanted to, before I move on from sort of reaction to the season, just want to ask to keep it balanced. Um, how big a result was the Derby County result at home in the end? Was was that crucial, or, or will people maybe put a little bit too much emphasis on on that game? Every every result, you know, that stage of the season is going to be pivotal. Think back to Wigan at home. Um, I remember in particular that was the, that was the period I was I'd been off with a chest infection for sort of four or five days, and you know made sure I stayed away from the dressing room, make sure it didn't sort of spread. So I was up in the gantry after that game, up with Samo and Alliston, that late goal that we conceded against Wigan and the draw at home to Ipswich, and everybody looks at individual results and moments in games, and rightly so because you think if we'd have put them results to bed, we'd have, we'd have probably got in the playoffs. But it's 46 games over the season, Greg, isn't it? You know, the, the result on the first game of the season is just as important as the last, of course it is. Um, I think what you see in football, what the biggest thing we look at, or one of the biggest things is momentum shifts. Something we're trying to replicate with the players as much as possible in training scenarios and stuff like that. And you can just feel that, can't you, sometimes in a game? You can just feel... I mean, you watch, did you watch the Champions League game last week? We incredible... Uh- games and results and you could just see that Liverpool were going to get that fourth you could just feel it couldn't you in the stadium you could just feel it on the television it was just Barcelona were absolutely dumbfounded completely like Messi couldn't get a touch of the ball couldn't really affect the team's performance and that, things like that absolutely absolutely massive in, in, within games and that's something we're trying to as I say as much as we can in training it's difficult to always replicate the pressure and things but I'm trying to replicate them scenarios because um, probably going into a wider point certainly in my experience 20, 25 years in football now as a player and a, and a coach football is very institutionalised in that sort of way of thinking you know players want to be told all the time what to do in a scenario they feel more comfortable and you know you you do this in that scenario that's not the way sport works and actually myself and Macca were at an event last week Lee couldn't get to and we it was Paul Nichols, the famous um champion, I think he's 11 times champion horse trainer, and we went to look at his stables and sort of the setup he's got there, he's incredible and Eddie Jones was there in the book because that's the third time we've managed to, to meet him now, which, and to ask these guys then types of questions, and talking to Eddie in depth about that, and what he does in training, and what he does in when they're away on tour, in hotels and everything to try and keep the players guessing all the time, because ultimately, like in anything, when a scenario happens, you have to be prepared for it, don't you? Absolutely Absolutely, yeah, I was going to come on to that. Um, but, yeah, it's great to hear, obviously, the, the work you guys put in behind the scenes, obviously working very hard still, even now the season is over. Um, just before I ask about that, I just wanted to make mention of the of the guys who are leaving the club, because, obviously, in some respects, it's a sad time of year as well, because, obviously, saying goodbye to the likes of Eros Pizzano, Frank Fielding and Stefan Marinovic. What... What can you tell us, uh, Dean, from behind the scenes the, about the contribution of these guys? They, they, I mean, I've said this a few times. They are really great fellas, aren't they? And they're going to be missed by a lot of people at the club. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Gregor. Absolutely phenomenal people. Stefan obviously was only a very short time, but a great guy. Um, Eros, two seasons of just King Eros, apparently they call him. I mean, we've seen it on the first day of pre-season trip when we went to Spain, his character tried really hard to learn the language and just a fantastic character who just infused people around the around the training ground and you know again the fact supporters only see like the hour and a half couple of hours on a Saturday maybe on a Tuesday night because a lot more goes into it behind the scenes you can imagine hours and hours in, in hotels on coach trips on the training pitch and, and people like that are infectious and he is absolutely phenomenal 
Um, Davies all on the pitch in different positions, sometimes playing for injury. Um, I was speaking to him last week about one of his favourite moments and he's in his head of the way to Blackburn this season when the crowd were going absolutely nuts. It was a great moment for him. And, and for Frankie, I mean, what do you say about Frankie? The time he's been at the club, he's, he's achieved so much coming up from League One with that group of Flinty and and Wilbram and, and Marlon Pack and Joe Brownell came through together, uh, Mark Little, and, and that sort of is now breaking away now. There's a new breed coming through, but Frankie's been a top, top keeper for this football club. Again, a great person, really fantastic human being who, who's really close to his family. And, he, he, you know, we hope he goes on to, to achieve great things in his career. He's still young, he, he suffered this season. Obviously, he had a tough time with the illness in pre season, and then he got the injury, and, and then got back in the team which to be fair to him he's done even before I came to the club there's always been people coming in above him and he's always managed to you know stake a claim and actually eventually win his spot back so that, that's testament to his character and his quality he's a top keeper and uh, it's a sad time because he's you know it, it never gets in the way of the decisions you have to make the right decision for the football club and you know that's the way it works but you know the, these people have got families and they've committed to the area and you know you get to know the kids and, and the wives and things like that so it is a sad time you're absolutely right but you know, as long as you keep people in the right way and they've got fond memories of the club, then everyone can look back and and be pleased that they played such a great part in the club's history. Yeah, for sure. And I guess now the, the club looks to progress and I guess you guys will hold recruitment meetings, etc. and we'll see what happens over the summer. Um, just wanted to end up, really, Dean, by asking about about yourself a little bit, and because we don't really often get a chance to ask you about sort of the past and everything. Really, we're always kind of focused on the present. Um, you're obviously keeping busy at the moment. Yeah, you, you mentioned there about Paul Nichols and that, and and uh, yeah, Eddie Jones, who you've met a couple of times now. Are you picking up a, a, a like for the for the wrong size ball? Maybe if I could phrase it that way at all. Have, um, have, have you got a, an inclination towards the rugby now? No, no, no. It's great. There's a lot of it about the rugby side, and speaking to Pat Lamb and his staff at, at Bristol Rugby, there's a lot to be learned. No question about that. But interestingly enough, on these sort of events that we go to and the people we speak to, they're just as keen to speak to us about Bristol City. Paul Nichols himself was saying that he was at the Bristol Sale game last week, and he's absolutely fascinated by the, what was going on behind the scenes. And Eddie, and obviously, Eddie's got a huge uh, interest in, in the Bristol rugby side of things. So, no, it's. You can never stop learning, Greg. I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but as I said before, football in, in the past has very much been, you know, we've done it this way, so we're always going to do it this way. And that's what we're trying to do at Bristol City. That's why it's so interesting to go to work every day because you've got the gaffer, myself and Mac, and three young members of staff, but behind that, but, you know, the support staff, the analysts, they're all young and hungry and wanting to learn. Mark Ashton above us in the, in the food chain is, is, is young and hungry and wanting to, you know, thank saying he's young, actually, but you know what I mean? He's, wanting to challenge people every day. It's not about being pioneers for the sake of it, but it's about looking at things and thinking, actually, what can we learn from that? Right, we'll try it. If it works, brilliant. If not, then we'll move on to something else. So, it's, you know, every day is different. And the best thing from my, my point of view is that you get to have your say. It's not somewhere where you go in, you go to work, and you're told what to do every day, and do this, do that, and then go home again. It's, you know, come in, give us your opinions on anything. Anything to do with the football side, anything to do with off-the-pitch stuff. Uh, obviously, we've got the training ground going on in the background at the moment, which is so exciting for that to be finished off and, and gives us a platform to really, really get stuck into some of the things we want to do, which we you know, sometimes can't always do at the facility we've got at the moment. Um, even while we're going pre-season, you're aware we're going out to Tampa and the, the facility there is just the most incredible place. So 10, 11 days out there. 
the train at the moment. We don't know if we can make it happen, but Bruce Arians, who's the... Um, I don't know if anybody's seen the, the documentary on Man City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Previous, previous to that, they've done a couple on NFL, so they've done one on Dallas Cowboys, one on Arizona Cardinals. Anyway, this Bruce Arians, to me, is the biggest and best. He's the Alex Ferguson of NFL. He's, he's now at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he had two years out of retirement doing some TV work and must have got the itch again, so... We're hoping we can meet him out in Tampa and just spend half an hour with him to, you know, to go through what we can learn from them. So that's, that's a little bit what it's like, Gregor, really. It's about sticking to the basics. Lee said it before, world-class in the basics. So all the stuff off the pitch that doesn't require talent as such, we're trying to be world-class as much as we can. That's logistic stuff. That's planning the away travel this season, which, again, most people probably won't be that interested in, but my point of view, you can get the away travel, the timings, the logistics, the hotels, the food, everything behind the scenes, absolutely spawned, so we're not going to play as any excuse whatsoever. Um, you know, the prep stuff that we do going into games and all, all the rest of it, all the stuff that you might not see on a match day, we're trying to be the best we can possibly be because, as I say, this requires some, some hard work, you know, giving yourself up selfless with the team, making sure that you can help people as much as you can. Um, and we couple that with some, you know, good, young, hungry players coming through. Now we've got, you know, we're excited about the future. Brilliant, brilliant. And just last question, Dean. Um, give us an insight into Lee Johnson and yourself and your relationship. I mean, how did you guys sort of get together? Was that when you were older and were you playing together then? And, and what's it like working alongside Lee? Do you, do you always agree on everything or, or are there times where you don't agree on stuff? And, and is that better in a way? When he first came, I was playing for Chesterfield and Lee came on loan for about three or four weeks and then I left and went to another club and um, sort of kept in touch but you know, we don't, didn't, didn't know each other that well and we ended up on a pro licence course, away from pro licence course up in Scotland so we travelled up with each other a couple of times up to that's normally like a Sunday, Monday, every sort of couple of months so we travel up and back from there and just get to know each other a little bit more like that and... Um, no, I was a player at Walsall in November, so I didn't, I'd never got to the end of the season and retired and thought, I'm going to go into coaching. I'd done my coaching badges in the background because it's something I wanted to do. Um, and it was the middle of the season, and Lee rang me and said, I've got a position at Oldham as the first team coach, what do you think? And just literally overnight, I hung my boots up overnight and went there next day as a coach. And we quickly left to go to Barnsley, and, and um, I went back to Walsall, and then obviously Lee got the Bristol City job, and... Um, it was something I was obviously keen to do from day one, and it wasn't. Um, it wasn't able to be worked out at that particular time. So I think in November 2016, he rang me again out of the blue. Really, I was at Walsall and he said, "What do you think?" And drove down the afternoon, <laughs> met Mark, had a look around the training facility, the stadium, and uh, we just sold it. We really sold it, the ambition of the club, um, and literally got straight into work that way. And um, yeah, in terms of our relationship, I would describe it as being. You know, we're not. We're not best pals. We obviously uh, we obviously get on, and we're you know he's a great guy to work with. But you know we're not massively socialisers, and you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a relationship where he challenges you every day. Um, you'll get an early morning email or an early morning text. That's if he's been to sleep at all. Some nights he's just ah. relentless. You build the relentless in the pursuit of excellence. I mean, yeah, he's just absolutely driven beyond probably anybody I've ever seen before to be the best he can possibly be. So that, you know, for Bristol City's point of view, they're obviously going to be a major part of that. So he's, he's always um, trying to look at new ideas and trying to um, do things slightly differently because he's just that's just the way he's built. He just wants to achieve all the time. So um, do we agree all the time? Certainly not. <laughs> and that's something we have to get, you know, learn over the years. We have a staff meeting every morning. 
and he'll say, I want to do this for training today, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then we'll, I want to travel on that day to that game. And as I said before, I'm quite with the nice as, as Macker is and Reese the fitness side. And I said, I'm not sure about that, what about this? And he's, he's fine with you giving him a um, review, arguing against him, but as long as there's a solution, there's no point in just arguing and saying, I don't, no, I'm not doing that, I don't, don't believe in that. There's got to be a reason as to why, and he'll listen. But obviously, he's the head coach, and he's the one that makes the final decision, whether that's team selection, whether that's a, a tactical issue, whether it's a set piece that we've maybe got in mind for the game, or, or, or anything and everything. The three two of you are saying, uh, as I said before, that that's the biggest thing for me. I wake up in the morning and know that I'm going to actually value and have some input. Um, so I'm learning all the time as well. So um, that's the way it is. Great stuff, great stuff. I assume you two don't have to go on holiday together over the summer, do you? Oh, sorry? You don't have to go on holiday together though, over the summer, though, do you? No, I think... No, no, no. I'll leave the to his wife and daughter stuff Dean I'll let you go thank you ever so much for that and thanks for yeah basically speaking to us on behalf of the fans really giving them a bit of an insight uh, great to hear really and I think that probably explains a lot why uh, Bristol City are heading the right direction so uh, yeah nice one I'll let you go mate thanks ever so much and uh, have a good summer pal cheers Greg all the best thank you so that was Dean Holden chatting to Gregor this week. Um, they've been to the LMAs and sounds like they're working on some amazing stuff. And that whole mentality of leaving no stone unturned, getting advice and really interesting dynamic between himself and Lee Johnson and Jamie McAllister. And going to be interesting to see um, how that relationship goes, how far it goes, if they carry on working together long term in the future as well. Uh, transfer wise this week, Bristol City have announced that Tyreek Bakinson has signed a new three-year contract at Ashton Gate. There's an option for a further 12 months on it as well. He's a, a 20-year-old who's been on loan at Newport County this season. Of course, they're in the playoff final League 2. He's played 41 times. He's got six assists and a goal, uh, which is a crucial goal for them, actually, at Oldham uh, away. And central midfielder and Mark Ashton, you know, has, has said that they're delighted that he signed Perhaps he could be one to watch next season. Maybe he'll go back out on the loan. We don't know. Something Gregor and I will discuss a lot more next week. Also next week, um, we'll reflect on who the playoff finalists are. Dean Holden there was chatting about how it's still raw that Bristol City aren't there. There's definitely a sense from the coaches of missed opportunities. So that end of season review we were talking about, we will go into more detail with that next week. Gregor has his stats ready don't you worry. So we'll be back next week uh, with that. Thank you so much to Dean Holden for coming on and chatting to us. That was really, really great to hear him talking. And by all accounts, and from me, he's an absolute pleasure to deal with and really interesting to get his insight there as well. Um, we'll be back next week then. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thank you for listening. 
Robins on the Wire.